Amen. And so guys, again, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to start in Joshua 1, then we're going to jump in to chapter 3. And the Word of God says this, it says, After the death of Moses, I'm starting in verse 1, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land that I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness of Lebanon to the great river of the Euphrates, uh, all the land of the Hittites, and west of the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their forefathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then we read this in chapter 3. All right? So that's chapter 1. After that, Moses prepares the people. He says, hey, here's what God said. Then he sends a couple of spies into the promised land. He sends two, not 12. Go to Jericho. We talked about this last week, right? Uh, and and then, uh, then, then we, we kind of read this, right? Then we, we, we read this. Uh, literally, the spies come back. They're like, yep, God's got this. The people are scared. And so it says this, Joshua 3, starting in verse 1. Joshua started early the very next morning and left the Acacia Grove with all the Israelites. They went as far as the Jordan, and they stayed there before crossing. After three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God carried by the Levitical priest, you're to break camp and follow it. But keep at a distance about a thousand yards between yourselves and the Ark. Don't go near it so that you can see the way to go, for you haven't traveled this way before. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, because the Lord will do wonders among you tomorrow. And then he said to the priests, Carry the Ark of the Covenant and go on ahead of the people. So they carried the Ark of the Covenant. They went on ahead of them. The Lord spoke to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, so they will know that I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Right? Command the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the water, stand in the Jordan. Then Joshua told the Israelites, Come closer and listen to the words of the Lord your God. He said, You will know that the living God is among you, that he will certainly dispossess before you the Canaanites, the Hethites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, uh, the Gergeshites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Whew, what a mouthful. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of the whole earth goes ahead of you into the Jordan, now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man for each tribe. When the feet of the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of the whole earth, come to rest in the Jordan's water, uh, its water will be cut off. The water flowing downstream will stand up in a mass. Now that's where we're going to stop this morning. Next week, we're going to talk about that amazing thing, that miracle where God uh, shuts up the waters and they're going to cross on dry ground just like uh, the Israelites cross the, uh, the Red Sea on dry ground. But this morning, we're going to focus on this one uh, main truth, this one big idea. And, and here it is, guys, on the screen. I want you to understand this morning that seeing God move in powerful ways 
often requires the courage to do what he says. Okay? Seeing God move in powerful ways often requires the courage to do what God says. Right? So I, I want you to just think about the promise with me again. Okay? I'll, I'll put it on the screen. Here's the promise from chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you, all the people, prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land that I'm giving you, um, that I'm giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Right? That, that's the promise. The, 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 listen, the Jordan River is at, is at flood stage. Okay? But, but that's going to stop. So I just want you to understand the promise. Ready? Floods are going to cease. Strongholds, think about Jericho. Strongholds are going to fall. They're going to crumble. And giants, giants are going to be put to rest. Okay? Floods will cease. Strongholds will crumble. And giants will fall. That is what God is going to do. God is going to move in power in the life of the Israelites. But listen, in order for them to see it, in order for them to completely see God move in power, there is something required of them, right? We find it, Joshua 1.6, be strong and courageous. Joshua 1.7, above all, be strong and very courageous. Joshua 1.9, haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous, don't be afraid or discouraged. There's something required of God's people for them to see Him move in power, and that requirement is courage. They're going to have to have the courage to listen to God and to do what He says. In other words, what they're facing is going to be scary, right? But they're going to see God move in powerful ways if they just find the courage to do what He says. Now, God repeats Himself three times. Um, in, in, in Hebrew, actually in Greek too, uh, there, were, there were no exclamation points. So God couldn't go like, hey, really important. Um, so God would repeat himself. And when God repeats himself three times, God is trying to draw uh, emphasis to something. He's trying to get your attention. Uh, or it is a reference to completion, right? To completion. Uh, think about it this way. Uh, God is described in the Old Testament as being holy, 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 right? That's a reference to completion. God is completely Holy. That, that, that's who he is. Now, if, if the Israelites really want to see God, if they want to see God in his fullness and his completeness move in power as provider, then they are really going to have to be strong and courageous. So here's my question to you. How can we be completely courageous when God is calling us to things that are so out of our comfort zone that they make us afraid? Right? That's the question. How, how can I be completely courageous when I'm shaking in my boots, right? Woody, that's Woody, right? Toy Story. How do we do that? And I believe the answer lies in remembering three things. You want to know how you can be completely courageous? I believe the answer lies in remembering these three things. Number one, you have to remember that God knows exactly what he's calling you to. It's the first thing. You just have to remember that God knows exactly what he's calling you to. He knows, right? 
Uh, here, here's the call again that he places on Joshua. Uh, I'll start in verse 2 again. We're going to read all the way through 5 this time. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land that I'm giving the Israelites. I've given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. That's a great promise. He goes on in verse 4 and 5. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea and the west. No one will be able to stand against against you all of the days you've realized as I was with Moses so I will be with you I will never leave you or forsake you that's the promise that's what God is going to do it kind of reminds me of the promise that God makes to Abraham you guys remember that that was all the way back in Genesis chapter 12 in Genesis chapter 12 this is how God calls his servant Abraham uh, it says the Lord said to Abram uh, he later becomes Abraham he says go from your land Go from your land, from your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. God never tells Abram where he's going to go. He just calls him to go, right? And it comes with a promise. He says, and I will bless you. I will. He said, Abram, I want you to trust me. I will handle this. I've got it. I'll take care of it. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 is a lot of people's favorite verse. It, it says this. This is the CSB uh, we preach out of. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you future and hope. The NIV version, which is what I, I memorized way back in the day, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, give you hope and a future, right? Not to harm you. And uh, we love the warm and fuzzies at the end of Jeremiah 29. 11. What, you want to prosper me, God? I'm an American. Yeah, that's my dream. Prosper me, right? Give me hope and a future. We love the warm and fuzzies. But do you know the meaning of Jeremiah 29, 11 actually comes from the beginning of the verse? It says, for I know the plans I have for you. God says to us, for I know, you don't, you can't, but I do, so trust me. So one of the ways that we can have complete courage is just understanding this truth. God knows exactly what he is calling you to. He knows every detail. He knows how it's supposed to work out so that you don't have to. You get to sleep at night. Because he is in control. Amen? So I can have courage because God knows exactly what he's calling me to. Okay? Second reason I can have courage, y'all, is because not only does God know exactly what he's calling me to, but God also knows me. God knows you. That's how you can have courage. Not only does God know exactly what he's calling you to, but God knows you. He knows you. This is... Uh, what Psalm 139 says. It says, It was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You created my innermost parts. You knit me together. Uh, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is speaking. He says, But even the hairs on your head have been counted. God knows the number of hairs on your head. Listen, God knows you more intimately than you know yourself. 
I love you guys. We're really good at lying to ourselves. Anybody else here good at that? Like, oh, I'm, I'm great. Everything's fine. Look yourself in the mirror. No, I'm doing fine. No, you're not. You're a wreck. Right? You are a wreck. No, I'm fine. No, you're not. God knows you. And God knows you so well, y'all, that he knows that when he calls you to something, he knows it's out of your comfort zone. He knows that you're going to be scared. He knows that it is going to scare you to death, right? Because listen, let's be honest. Getting out of the boat in the middle of the storm is terrifying, right? But you know what? There is no other way that you get to experience what it's like to walk on water. The only way you get those moments of victory in life are to trust God when he says, come, right? Come, I've got this. I've got you, okay? I've got you. So God knows you. He knows you're you're, you're scared. He knows you're terrified. By the way, that's why he told Joshua. He knew Joshua. He's like, hey, hey, buddy, just in case you forget, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid, Joshua. Don't. He knew the people of Israel. Be strong and courageous. I said, be strong and courageous. Above all else, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. You know, in the Bible, God tells his kids over 300 times not to fear. Over 300. Some some scholars would tell you, it's 365, one for every day of the year. If you can find all 365, God bless you. I tried that one time. I got lost after 320-something. I was like, I'm done. I'm out. All right? But it's a lot. God repeats that theme a lot because he knows us. He knows, and listen, he's not mad at you for it. That's why he's, he's calling you. He's like, it's okay. I'm God. I know the plans. You just have to trust me. I know the plans, okay? And I know you. I know you're scared, so I'm telling you, don't be scared. I've got this, all right? So we can be courageous because we understand that God knows exactly what he's calling us to because we understand that God knows us. And lastly, we, we can have that complete courage because God provides powerfully. Because God provides powerfully. Now, I cannot ruin next week's sermon. All right? I can't do it. All right? So I can't give you too much this morning. But next week, we're going to talk about the miracle that God does. But I can't be in this passage without at least mentioning how the story ends, right? Because they're going to do what God calls them to do. They're going to follow exactly uh, what God tells them to do. And when they do it, God is going to show up and show out. Listen, the Jordan is at flood stages, right? It has come over its bank. The water is rushing. You would be foolish to try to cross. You will be swept away. You will die, all right? But God says, go stick your feet in it, priest. By the way, not everyone's called to to be in the ministry, okay? And so so they're carrying the ark. They're going to be like, oh, we're first. Yay, this is awesome, God. And and they're going to get in the Jordan, flood stage, stick their feet in, thinking, all right, Lord, I hope you're showing up or this whole ark's going downstream. And the moment that they do, man, a wall of water's going to come up miles away in another town. And the, the flood is going to cease in a moment. In a moment, the flood will cease and they will cross on dry ground. God is going to show up. He's going to provide because that is his name. Provision is not just something that God does, y'all. That is who God is. That same guy I talked to you about, Abraham, uh, later God is going to give him the promise. He's going to give him a son. He's going to have a son when he is old. Some of y'all are parents. Listen, I was doing the math the other day. I was doing the math the other day. My daughter is 10, y'all. I am 46, okay? When she's 18, all right, just, just add 8 
to that 46. I'm going to be old when she gets out of the house. I was like, dear, I'm going to be 54 when she graduates. What am I thinking? Right? Listen, he was, he was, he was like 100 when he had the child. So I'm just saying, like, I'm okay, Lord, I got this, right? Uh, woo, woo. The promise is going to come. The son will be born, but then God is going to tell Abraham, hey, that promise, that one I promised, I want you to take him up on the mountain and you're going to sacrifice him to me. So God is going to take Isaac up on the mountain and he's going to build the altar and he's going to bind Isaac's hands and his feet and he's going to raise the knife in faith, not knowing what God is going to do, but believing that God, and the moment that Abraham raises a knife at that moment, God says, Abraham, stop. Look. And Abraham looks up and there caught in the brush is a ram. And God provides a substitute for Isaac, an innocent victim that will die in his place, right? And Abraham is so affected by this moment that he names the, the, the place, thus naming God, Jehovah Jireh, God my provider, right? Hundreds of years later, God will provide again another innocent victim who will die in someone's place. This time it'll be his one and only son who'll die on the cross for the sins of humanity so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And God will provide again and again in a million ways, both big and small, in our daily lives. Not because it's something that he does, because it is literally who he is. Who he is. So how can I have complete courage when God calls me to things that scare me to death? Well, I can remember that God knows exactly how he's going to do what he calls me to. He knows exactly how that plan is going to go. He knows me. That's why he tells me not to be afraid. And he is provider. It's not something he does. It is who he is. All right? So what do we do with that? What do we do with the first part of Joshua chapter 3. I think there's three things I'll let you out of here. Number one, um, guys, we, we have to listen to the Lord's voice. All right? We have to listen to the Lord's voice, okay? I love you. How's your time in the Word? Okay? So maybe you're killing it. Maybe you're doing it daily. That's awesome. Maybe you're reading. Uh, if you're not, by the way, we've got some Bible reading cards. They're hiding. They're behind the wall. We had a wedding yesterday, but we'll get them up here. I'll get them up here at the end. But if, if you just want to read the Bible, just pick the day. And you say, well, I, it's on like chapter 5. That's cool. Just start in chapter 5. It'll be good. Just start the daily habit. God will speak to you. We've got to be in the Word. Most Christians come to me and say, Pastor, I'm just not hearing from God. And I'm like, okay, well, are you praying? Well, not really. Okay, that's a problem. Uh, are you reading the Bible? Eh, not so much. Well, like, that's how God speaks. It's His Word, right? So you should probably be doing that. Okay, there's a few other things if you're not hearing from the Lord. Maybe you've got some um, sin that you haven't confessed. Maybe you're holding a grudge against somebody. If, if, uh, if, if we're not forgiving somebody else, God's not forgiving us. Sometimes that creates a little bit of a barrier. But my point is this. God wants to talk to you, right? You need to listen. Best way to do that, pray, read Scripture, have a forgiving heart, okay? So listen to the Lord. He is speaking to you. I promise He will. So uh, make sure you're listening to His voice. Second, um, trust Him completely. Trust Him completely. God's Word is true. Right? It is sure. It is steadfast. If God tells you He's going to do something, He is going to do it. Now, you need to make sure it's not you telling yourself 
uh, that God's going to do something. You do need to make sure it's his word. Say, how can I know that? Well, open his word. It'll, it'll show you, right? It'll be confirmation. But God does what he says. He does it in his time, but he does what he says. So if God says, hey, I want you to, I want you to fill in the blank. I want you to step out in faith. I want you to do something that seems great. I want you, you just trust God that he's going to provide. Trust God. God says, hey, I want you to start a new business. You're like, <gasps> that terrifies me. All right? Well, pray for confirmation, but if the Lord confirms it, you better do it. Right? You better do it. We want to be faithful. God said, hey, church, I want you to move. And we're like, what? No, that, I didn't hear that right. Are you sure? Hey, we're gonna, okay, Lord, we're going to trust you. Trust him completely. Lastly, y'all, uh, courageously obey. You would think that trusting God completely automatically leads to obedience. You really would. But man, it is so easy to go, God, I believe you, and then just sit there. God, you'll do it someday. God's like, you can walk on water. Yeah, I know I can. You just sit there in the boat, right? He's like, no, come out of the boat. No, I'm good, God. I believe it. I believe I could do it. You don't get to experience the blessing of it, right? Well, I, I trust you, God. I believe you. So many Christians, I know this is us, right? We're in the boat. Lord, I trust you. I believe you. I believe. I trust completely. I'm standing right here. But I trust. I mean, I know I could, but that's not me. That's for somebody else. And God's like, no, I'm calling you to experience this. Come on. I've got it. I've got it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I know you don't have to. I know you. So be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Amen. All right. You guys pray with me. Father, thanks for loving us. Thanks for your word, which is good and endures forever. Uh, Lord, we've got a lot on our plates. We've got a lot going on. But you're not just calling this church collectively to do hard things. You're calling each of us individually to do hard things. Maybe that's to step into a new role of ministry. Maybe that's to walk across the street and get to know our neighbor. But you're calling us to make a difference here in this world for your kingdom, for your cause. Lord, use us, please. In your holy, powerful, and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Um, Guys, uh, it is that final Sunday of the year, of the year of the month. It's not the final Sunday of the year. It's been a long weekend, y'all. Okay, I had a long day yesterday. Uh, final Sunday of the month, which means that we do a little bit of an update. Uh, so last month, we told you we're about $15,000 off from our goal of $100,000 before we get into the new building. Uh, I think my understanding, that we're about still, that's about where we are-ish, right, Jeff? Okay. Yeah, so, so, somewhere in there. Somewhere. 15 be great. Just come on. Uh, 15 be great. Uh, so, but I, I want to tell you some exciting things. So we have had so much progress in the last month. It is, I, if you've driven by, like it's crazy how much progress we have. So a uh, few pictures. Um, the cross is up. Everybody's like, is that a church? See the big cross? Okay, it's a church, okay? Big, huge cross over the windows. Cross is up. It looks so pretty at night. Uh, the parking lot is completely striped. I mean, completely. Every, every parking spot, all the handicapped stuff, all the fire lanes, everything is totally striped. So that is good. Our playground fence is up. And I don't know how you put a fence up and it made the playground look bigger, but it, it looks bigger. Uh, so the playground fence is up. We're super excited about that. Um, and, oh, the awning is installed. So uh, all those doors, those are all entrances. You can get in under, under the circle drive. You can get in to the left of the circle drive. Nice little awning there. So all that is up and in. Uh, Welcome Center is, is there. Baptistry has arrived, y'all. It showed up on Friday, okay? I don't know why it took so long. 
it shipped like weeks ago, and then we were looking for it. Like, it's supposed to be here. It's supposed to be here. And finally, they get a hold of the driver. They tried to call the driver for a week. Uh, he was in Michigan. So uh, it is here Friday. So that is being installed in a rush. Uh, they build a little wall in front of that, and, and the stage will just about be finished. Um, uh, the concrete floors are polished and look amazing. Um, welcome Center, uh, along with every other uh, Welcome Center, all the cabinetry, all that stuff is in. The countertops are on, which is really, really cool. Uh, what else do we have? Do we have any more? Is that it? Okay, that's it. Um, there's probably a lot more than that. That's just all the pictures I took on my phone. So, uh, but anyway, so projected date. I am being told we are hopefully trying to get occupancy uh, by the middle of, of this coming month. Okay? That, that's what, now, that sounds crazy to me because I'm like, Haha, you haven't finished the stages yet. and You got to do the wall. Um, kitchen, oh, I didn't show you the kitchen. Kitchen appliances are all, are, are all here and in. They're just trying to get them in place and get them all hooked up. Um, so, like, that stuff is, is going down. Uh, so, uh, we're going to get occupancy. Um, all of our room signs have been shipped. Uh, that's the other thing we have to get on uh, so we can get our ADA stuff. So, room signs are coming in. We've got to install those. But, uh, so, we've got a busy two weeks, but they think within two weeks we're going to be doing inspections, uh, that kind of stuff. So, we are still projecting uh, the first Sunday in June or the second Sunday in June, okay? So, can't tell you which one, but it's going to be somewhere in that range is what we're hoping for. It's what we're hoping for. Make sense? Cool. All right, so what we still need, guys, we're still asking faithfully that you give above and beyond your tithe. We want to finish well, and, and, uh, and so we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to do what we said uh, we felt like the Lord was calling us to do. So um, we're going to ask you to give this morning something above and beyond. We do it at the end of the month because we realize that maybe you go through your budget like, hey, we, we've got a few, you know, we, we've got some money we could set aside towards that. So uh, if you could do that, I'm going to put, again, it's, uh, the QR code is on the screen. Uh, I'm going to pray for this, this offering, which is above and beyond our tithes. And we're going to ask you to give. And then John's got a couple announcements. Father, um, take these gifts. I, I, I know they're above and beyond. Um, God, take them, use them, bless them, multiply them, God. Let us, let, we, we want to cross over in faith. And, and Lord, we're, we're going to do what you're calling us to do. And so, Lord, we're asking you to be who you are. You're our provider. Would you provide financially to finish well? God, that's our hope. That's our prayer. We ask that in your holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen. So you can